Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome into another episode of the Primetime Titans. Pettit and I got a great episode for y'all today. And One of our best. Yeah, Pettit, I'd say, uh, you know, without without JG, which you guys will find out here shortly, is uh, going and saving the world from corruption and fraud. One audit at a time. One audit at a time, baby. Um, down in Gainesville, Georgia, I think uh, Pettit and Robert did yep. a really good job today. We did a little Saints recap. Not to pat ourselves on the back too much, but yeah. <laughs> a little Saints recap. Uh, talked about where we are in the current AFC playoff race. Just gave our you know opinions on the offense. Highlighted some players on defense. Um, you know, not a not a great feeling, but it's always great to win in the NFL. Always great to win in the NFL. We also give our updates on Derrick Henry and see yep. what the timeline is on that. Uh, which we will consistently be updating the, our listeners and our diehard fans on. That's right. Um, we also give where we stand in the AFC, AFC and AFC South, and how we are the best team in the league. Um, and then we kind of talk a little bit about uh, uh, Tannehill and his, how he's been playing, and apparently he was sick on Sunday. <laughs> and uh, we, we don't know if he had to pull it anyway. or not. Still got to win anyway. And this is officially a Mike Vrabel Coach of the Year podcast it is a morgan cox appreciation podcast and now a mike Vrabel coach of the year podcast so without further ado we have van morrison van morrison welcome to the show hello i'm johnny cash i hear the train are coming it's rolling around a bend and I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when I'm stuck in Folsom Prison And time keeps dragging on But that train keeps rolling The Primetime Titans podcast is presented to you today by Walker Financial Management. Derrick Henry is the best running back in the NFL and the engine of the Titans offense, but he would be the first to tell you that it takes consistent support from teammates, coaches, trainers, and advisors for him to be the most successful on and off the field. In the same way, small business owners are the engines of their companies and wear a lot of hats. Walker Financial Management exists to support owners of small to medium-sized businesses, specifically in regards to bookkeeping. They offer customizable solutions like transaction categorization, monthly financial statement preparation, accounts receivable and payable management, payroll, CFO services, and more. If you or someone you know is spending too much time, money, or stress on bookkeeping, find peace of mind by visiting www.walkerfm.com to schedule a free consultation with a certified bookkeeping professional today. That's www.walkerfm.com. Welcome in. We are Primetime Titans. We, I am John Pettit. And I'm Robert. And we are missing our lovely, most fantastic host, John Garrett. But uh, we're filling in and we're going to do our best. Um, kind of, We're going to start off. JG's uh, saving the world down in Gainesville, Georgia today. I'm also sitting in his seat, so this is kind of new to me. And he's got a stand for his mic, and I never use that. So this is... Some of the, some of the shareholders are actually using this podcast as an interview to see if Pettit's going to take over as host. Moving forward, the, so... The people have been talking, and they want Pettit as host. Yeah. Garrett, I'm coming for you. Adam, can we, get a, can we get before. a poll on this, on how the host uh, host breakdown is going? 
At the end of the podcast? All right, thank you. <laughs> Robert, speaking of John Garrett, you guys have a bet going on. And Marcus Johnson, the bet is Marcus Johnson gets 10 catches on the season. And yesterday, sorry, today's Tuesday, Sunday, he had six catches, and that brings his total to nine on the season. He's at nine catches on the season. And he looks great. He looks really good. He does. Um, I think it's pretty safe to say I'm going to lose this bet. Uh, Given the current juncture of the season, I'm happy to lose the bet. Marcus Johnson is balling out. He has jumped Chester Rogers. He's jumped Ferkser. We cut Josh Reynolds, and obviously Julio's been hurt, and mm-hmm. AJ's been hit or miss. So yesterday or Sunday, Marcus Johnson was a very welcomed presence in the offense. So happy to lose that bet if he continues to ball out. And uh, JG, you're about to be ten dollars richer. Um, JG and I also have a bet on the Tennessee Vols over under, and if they win one more game. I believe, or he actually might already already have it. I need, we need to touch base on that. So you might be getting, you might be cleaning out the Browns, uh, <laughs> the Browns finances with our sports bets. Yeah, I'd say speaking of Marcus Johnson a little bit though, he looks like a firm wide receiver number two. I mean, with AJ and Julio, one of them is consistently going to be out. He looks like a great wide receiver number two. He looks like a guy the Titans might keep for the next few years. Honestly. He looks confident out there. He's fast. He has great hands. Yeah. Yeah, he looks good. Let's see him stay healthy. I think that's been his biggest issue over the last five seasons. I mean, he's 27 years old. Um, he's you know undrafted free agent out of the 2016 draft, and he showed flashes at, flashes out of Texas, um, but part of his biggest problem has just been battling injuries he gets injured all the time. So let's see him try to string together maybe a month of impressive games like this. And he doesn't have to be a world beater. He doesn't have to be Julio Jones 2.0 or A.J. Brown 2.0. He just has to go out there and you know perform well and be a solid option when it's not clicking with A.J., which it wasn't on Sunday. A.J. only had one catch for 16 yards. He had another run for a big first down. But the offense was a great was, uh, fumble recovery and a great <laughs> fumble recovery for first down. Yeah, Whew, glad we uh, we we cannot rely on that. But that that was just your classic ugly slugfest, grinded out game that could go either way. And against a really well coached, hard nosed team like the Saints, um, you're just happy to get a win any way you can. I think. Yeah. Do you want to give a recap, or is that kind of your recap right there? Well, I would just add to that. You know, a lot of people talk about the injuries, and I don't think there, there's not a team in the NFL that can hold their injuries up to our injuries and say, you know, <laughs> we're hurting more. We, we've had 80 players play on our team. The NFL record for a season is 84. Wow. And we are four away in week 10 from hitting that record. Uh, Vrabel was joking on his uh, press conference yesterday and said, I'd, I'd probably take the over. on that um but yeah Kamara for the Saints was obviously out and Trevor Simeon played well their left tackle was out but you know our Derrick Henry's out Julio's out for us and and so many you know David Long probably our best linebacker was hurt but Dupree hurt his abdomen we still don't know yeah that's kind of some big news coming out of this game actually is 
what Bud Dupree's status is going to be. And as of this morning, they're still saying they are evaluating, which doesn't sound great. That sounds like maybe some second opinions. Maybe we get some. We got some bad news yesterday, and so Bud Dupree is going to get a second opinion. Uh, but it was abdominal injury, so we'll see. We'll see what what that's going to entail. But how? Um, how do you how do you feel about the Titans after this game? Yeah, uh, my opinion is that the the defense kind of came back to earth a little bit. Um, not not concerning. I, I still think they got it in them. Christian Fulton played really well, which is exciting. Um, they they gave up a lot of yards. They kind of let the Saints back in it there at the end when they didn't need to. The the Kevin Byard targeting there at the end on that last drive, yeah, hurt you. But uh, overall. I really thought the Titans were going to lose that game. Even at the end of the the end of the game, I was like, "We're going to lose." Um, I predicted it in the last episode that we were going to lose the Saints. It was going to be an ugly one. So it was a pleasant surprise to see us win. One thing is the offense. I mean, they were slow. They didn't look very good. The run game was horrible, which we'll get into a little bit further on in the podcast. But um, I, I guess one thing to preface all this, which kind of makes me feel a little bit better is the fact that if you guys didn't know Tannehill was really sick during that game mm-hmm. and he didn't play a very good game he played in he's fine he, but yeah, not- if he was really sick and he played like that I guess I can give him a little bit of break but that was just not what you wanted to see and maybe that's why we ran the ball so much because he was sick I'm not sure yeah and and keep in mind that's one of the better defenses in the NFL that's a top five defense, um, but Tannehill, some stomach thing. He was he wasn't as as specific as AJ <laughs> on which restaurant, but uh, safe to say, probably something similar. We've just had so much adversity this year. So many players go down. So many inopportune sicknesses, hamstring injuries, and we just continue to fight. The team is resilient. They really are. Um, it's hard to get really excited after a game like that. I mean, we didn't look great. It, like we said, it's a super ugly win. We took a probably a missed, a really bad Jerome Boger penalty in the yeah. first half, a rough in the pass on Tannehill. That yeah, and the, I guess, and then the pass interference after that too also helped us. Yeah, yeah, and you know, Saints fans, I'll take you back to last year when Khalif Raymond gets his head knocked off. And we're driving for the last uh, the last go ahead score, and Khalif Raymond gets knocked out of the game. Clearly, a helmet to helmet hit, and they don't call Jerome Boger. Same crew doesn't call it. So, you know what? We'll call it even at this point. Um, but yeah, that's not a game where you want to necessarily put up on the screen and say, "Hey, let's give a resume of the Titans and show how great of a team we can be." Like that's not the game. Mm-hmm. Um, we still got some things to figure out. With our run game, without Derek, you know, Devon, I think I think Foreman has got to be the guy yeah. moving forward. I mean, you're going to see some Adrian Peterson and Jeremy McNichols, but Foreman just looks – has like he, he's got that juice. AP had one run on the last drive yeah, where cut. it was like he had a really nice cut. It was like a six-yard run. All right, maybe he's starting to find a little bit. We're going to start to see this run game pick up because we're going to start playing some really bad defenses. Uh, but the Saints are one of the better run teams, defenses in the NFL. So I'm not, I'm not surprised it looked like this. But again, it's not not a, not a great. You didn't, you didn't leave that game feeling 
like other than the winning, you don't leave that game feeling awesome yeah. about. You don't feel like the team got better after that game. Yeah. Yeah, you're not like, oh man, we're about to make a deep playoff run. Even though we're eight and two, and we need to talk touch on that and like the AFC, and yeah. and we'll get into that later. But um, you know, it's kind of a kind of a relief. Like, whew, okay, we we won that game. It was nasty. It was ugly. Thank goodness we won that game. Yeah. But I'm not I'm not trying to play the Saints again without Derek or Julio. <laughs> All right, the next topic I got is the defense. Um, kind of the overall opinion you have on them. I guess I can start if you want. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I guess, again, David Long was out this game, and Bud Dupree, got he got hurt early. I actually didn't end up watching the full game. Um, I believe he hurt his ab, right? Yeah, abdominal injury, whatever. I mean, that first thought for me was maybe hernia. Ooh. But, or like, I don't know. Like, I've never, I don't, you don't hear about abdominal injuries a ton. No. I mean, what, he pro- what do you think I he tore his, one of his abs? Yeah, maybe strained. I don't know. That... That would be terrible. I don't, even, I don't even know how you do that, but <laughs> there's like a lot. Okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah, we're just speculating here, but abdominal injury doesn't sound great. Um, I guess my opinion on the defense is Jeffrey Simmons, Harold Landry, and Kevin Byard have now solidified themselves as defensive players of the year. We have three guys on our defense that are in conversation for defensive player of the year. And probably specifically Kevin Byard. Yeah. He's probably the front runner, which was for his our worst, team. probably his worst game of the season yesterday. And he is now. he's fifth right now on your overall current betting odds for defensive player Pretty of the year, good. behind uh, Miles Garrett, T.J. Watt, Trevon Diggs, and Aaron Donald. Yeah, and Jeffrey Simmons after his two sack game, which he has five sacks in the last two games, now has more sacks than Aaron Donald. Harold Landry now has 10 sacks, which is a career high for him. Yep. That was a bad voice crack. Sorry about that. Um, he is third on the sack list. I think Miles Garrett's number one and TJ Watt's number two. What does Je- uh, Jeffrey Simmons have overall? Is it seven and a half? Seven and a half. Okay. Which is, for an interior uh, lineman, that is incredible. Yeah, so good. I was watching a clip on Twitter where he was getting triple teamed. And he ended up still getting the sack. Now somebody kind of flushed Trevor Simeon out, and he kind of cleaned the sack up. But still, the guy like the guy is drawing so much attention. And then that leaves Harold Landry, Danico Autry, um, whoever. Yeah. Is if it's not Bud Dupree or Ola, because Ola Dini also got hurt this week. So we're hoping Derek Roberson's going to get back because he's he's he was uh, elevated from the IR three weeks ago and you have three weeks to practice so i think friday is like the last day where they either have to cut him or elevate him to the active roster so yeah if uh if bud dupree and ola are hurt expect to see some Derek roberson number 50 back um and a little bit for more the titans naquan jones he had a yeah naquan jones had a really beautiful move number 90 defensive undrafted free agent out of michigan state kind of balled out a little bit um so the defensive line for the Titans is clearly our strength right now. And they love it. They're having fun. Yeah. I guess uh, another thing to talk about, which Jayon Brown, I don't know if you had a strong opinion. I think he just played mediocre. Yeah. He, he Mark Ingram, of all people, burned him a couple of times in the passing game. He yeah. had that really yeah. long wheel route. And then, honestly, on the two-point conversion, if Jackrabbit wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. that's that was completed, yeah. I think Mark Ingram catches that, and all Jayon's got to do is turn around. Um, 
And you know what? I thought Monty Rice played really well. He did. I was going to say, I think he had a, he didn't, he didn't have a standout game, but he had a game where you're like, I see your potential for the future. Right. You're a guy that could really step in maybe even next year when Jayon, if we don't sign Jayon, Monty Rice is a guy that could pair well with David Long. Yeah. He looked, he looked active. He looked confident. He had some really, you know, stout plays in the run game. You're right. He didn't have any huge highlight plays, but it was kind of like, you remember Nick Bolton against the Chiefs? Yeah, yeah. Where you kind of, he showed up on film and you're like, you could tell he was a rookie, but just watching the game, you're like, oh, that was a kind of a stick or, ooh, that was a good play right there. Mm-hmm. It was like that. Um, and when rookies are doing that, you got to think, you know, if they continue to progress and they could continue to grow, you can kind of see the vision for them becoming a legitimate starter in the NFL, yeah. kind of like David Long, right? His rookie year, we saw him really for the first time against the Ravens in the playoffs, and he had three really big plays, two of them on fourth down to stop Lamar where he shoots through the gap, yeah. and he sacks Lamar or he stops him short of the first down on fourth down. And now we're seeing David Long start to make some pretty – incredible plays week in and week out when he's healthy so i'm with you i I, we're we're still you know got some ways to go in the season but a a david long monty rice linebacker duo next year is starting to look better and better and also i mean we're still on rashawn evans watch where the heck is that guy he's injured i know but what what what's his injury? He's not on IR, right? No, I think it's an ankle injury. Okay, and is he was he active? He was questionable. Okay, no, he he wasn't active. He was questionable though going okay. into it. So, so he they, should hopefully be back this upcoming week. Okay, which I don't know how much improvement that helps, but uh, yeah, I mean it's hard to it's hard to necessarily think that Rashawn's a huge upgrade over Monty Rice. Yeah, and that's a huge, very different styles. That's a big concern in and of itself. That that Rashawn Evans in his fourth year first round pick yeah. is not that big of an upgrade over our third round rookie out of Georgia, but that's where we are. That's where we are. Um, another player on defense, which he was definitely our weakest link on Sunday was Chris Jackson. Yep. He, yep. I mean, look, he had a great game against the Rams. He did. He had a great game, but it seemed like the saints and against the bills. I thought, yeah, he's been, I mean, this season he's had to step up and come in and a guy that probably shouldn't even be on the field is now starting and is the guy that we have to depend on, and he's stepped up. Yeah. The Saints game, the Saints clearly targeted him. Yeah, they did. He had a 25 overall from PFF in Yikes. his passing grade. Not good. Um, I wonder if a little bit of of that was – I know Christian Fulton played – I don't know if Christian play, Fulton – I'd have to look at the snap count. I don't know if he played the whole game, but – Yeah, I'm not sure. I wonder – you know, it'll just be interesting to see because when we went to our dime package, which was six DBs and one linebacker, you got Elijah Molden as your one inside slot corner and Chris Jackson as your other. Elijah Molden's a rookie, fourth rounder from Washington. And he's Chris, been great. So yeah, far. he's been fine. And then Chris Jackson's your second year player, seventh rounder out of Marshall. So, yeah. you know, um, Definitely some lack of experience there. I think Chris Jackson will bounce back. I think he's so a, I think he's a young. I think he's still inconsistent. He's gonna have he's gonna have moments like that. But he's got to expect to keep getting targeted. Yeah. Because Fulton is playing so well, even in the run game, Fulton 
And he like, could deliver some hits. Yeah, he can. He had some big hits. He was probably one of the most impressive tacklers on Sunday. Him and Molden. I felt like Jenkins was kind of like they would tackle. Even Jalen Brown, they would tackle, but it's like then they'd fall. Yeah. And the offense would gain like a yard or two, which right. is like that's okay. But Fulton was like, I'm tackling you. No right. more. I think when we get David Long back, you, you're really going to see teams continue to target – uh, whoever Chris Jackson is guarding. Because I think they were targeting Jayon Brown a little bit too, mm-hmm. going after Mark Ingram, uh, going throwing the ball to Mark Ingram on that wheel route and and, and the two-point conversion. But they were clearly targeting Chris Jackson. That was clearly uh, something they planned during the week. And, I mean, if you think about it, you're not going to target Kevin Byard. Monty Hooker's playing really well. Norris Jenkins is a veteran. You're not going to necessarily pick on him because he hasn't – hit that point where he's starting to tail off. You're definitely not going to target Christian Fulton. You're not I mean you're they're going to throw to all these at all these guys but they're not going to actively right, yeah. try to. Mm-hmm. And then when you get David Long back at backer, you know, you're probably not going <laughs> to back at backer. <laughs> you're not going to target your running back necessarily as much. So I think Chris Jackson's going to continue to get balls thrown his way. And you know, maybe we I'm not We'll see. We'll see how he continues to play. Um, we don't really have anyone behind him. No. I mean, it, it was going to be Caleb Farley. I think is Greg Maben. I think yeah, he, Greg he was questionable for the game. I don't know if he ended up playing. Okay. But we, we got another practice squad guy that could maybe come in. <laughs> we got <laughs> add it uh, to the list. Is it Chris Jones, number 23? You know, he's yeah. played a little bit. You could see some of him. But it's, I mean, the reality is it's got to be Chris Jackson. He's, he's, played the best he's played yeah. the best out of those guys he just had a bad game uh really really thankful it didn't come to bite us <laughs> but um he's got to step it up and i think he will as we start playing some of these more bottom feeder teams yeah so uh, i guess we can move forward and talk about the offense i guess one thing to mention also is we had a four sack game on the saints we had a five sack game on the rams sacks are definitely just to touch on the defense a little bit sacks are we're, they're flowing. They're flowing exactly. <laughs> the That's land a good way of to put it. milk and honey. We have and already sacks. passed uh, the team high from last season, and it's exciting. I mean, we don't need to talk about it too much, but I just want to mention we're it. third in the NFL right now in total sacks, and I believe we are either the least we blitz the least amount or the second least amount in the NFL. Yeah. So all of our sacks are basically just coming from our front four, just dominating, wrecking and havoc. the schemes that. I don't even know who our defensive lineman coach is, but he deserves a promotion. He's doing great. <laughs> there, uh, there's a wonderful film breakdown on YouTube, and you can find them through Twitter. If you go to the uh, Twitter account, No Flags Film, it's a phenomenal breakdown of our pass rush and some of the twists that we're doing, and you can see sort of the progression from last year to this year. And what he does is – the guy he goes through and he's, he's like he shows you the twists like on a basically not a whiteboard but like a graphic he shows okay the defensive end is going to do this defensive tackle is going to do this and last year you know you got your guys who were a defensive end let's say is running into this to the guard to so the defensive tackle can loop around and you hope that the the offensive tackle doesn't catch the looper and he was like last year all of the Titans guys who were crashing. You know, they were just trying to open up whoever was looping up behind them. But now this year, they're they're all so good. Even the guys who are crashing in to try to open up the space, they're good enough to 
to run into the guard and then stick their foot in the ground and get vertical and still get a some sack. pressure or get a sack. Yeah. yeah. So it, we're not just relying on scheme. Sometimes we're just creating a one-on-one matchup and any of those four guys can get there. Um, the thing get, is, it's not, it's not even just the, the starting four. I mean, Adani mm-hmm. has been getting, has gotten sacks. Naquan Jones is getting sacks. I, I would, mean, I would have loved to see Rashad Weaver healthy right yeah. now. He, yeah, he'd probably be doing pretty well. I think he'd have a few sacks and we'd, we'd be really excited about him. Yeah. That's true. Uh, uh, but we're second, we're, like I said, third in the NFL in sacks behind the Vikings and the Browns. Wow. So, didn't know that. Let's, uh, Let's see. I mean, I, I would be shocked if we get maybe five or six sacks against the Texans. Yeah, it's definitely possible. I mean, easily one of the worst two teams in the NFL. So, you know, don't can't, be excited. I don't think their don't line is a good time. <laughs> I don't think they're, I don't know a single one of their offensive linemen off the top of my head. Uh, Larry Tunzel. Is he still there? Yeah. Wow. That is shocking. He's been great for him. Uh, um, I bet he is like, begging to get out of Houston. <laughs> All right, to move on to talk about the offense, we kind of touched on Tannehill. He was sick, so honestly, I'm going to cut him a little bit of slack. I didn't know that uh, during the game, so I was like, dang, Tannehill is not playing that great. His interception that got called back on the roughing the passer, he threw to Aaron Brewer. He threw to yeah. our alternate offensive lineman <laughs> and Marcus Jones. It was like a weird, why are they both in the same area if you have Aaron Brewer running a route? I don't know. I think it's probably safe to say Aaron Brewer was in the wrong place there. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he's supposed to go out for a route, but maybe not back of the it, pylon. Back of the pylon <laughs> with Marcus Johnson. Right. Yeah, that was a strange play. But he got bailed out by that roughing the passer, which was just not roughing the passer. Yeah, it was... Which is the second time we've had that this season. His head kind of snapped a little bit. Yeah. Like, you know, the defensive linebacker kind of put his forearm right in his chest or right in this, my, my, it or behind his back. Him. Yeah, It was in his back. And so his head snapped. So it it looked worse than it was for sure. Yeah. But it... Yeah, even as a Titans fan, it's hard to say that was to the it wasn't to the head. It wasn't necessarily late. Yeah. It wasn't that rough. Yeah. It was just it just kind of his head kind of snapped and just looked worse than it was. You know, I I think you just got to go back to the fact Jerome Boger's crew, Floyd Reese, the late Floyd Reese who was on 1025 the game with Jared Stillman for a long long time before he passed away. Last year said Jerome Boger, the NFL needs to take Jerome Boger's crew out of officiating because they're that bad. So I think Jerome's Boger, Jerome Boger's crew is notorious for just bad calls and not like not just loving to take the game into their own hands, which it was the second which is quarter. What you not want to hear from a <laughs> repping crew. But you know what? When it goes your way, you're like, okay, fine. But I just. Let's look at the totality of it because, like I said, like we said, last time the Saints were in Nashville, they had a huge missed call that was obviously yeah. targeting pass interference. Um, or no, hit to a defensive player, not pass interference because he already had the ball. And they missed it. So, you know what? It evens out. I just, I guess I'm a little uh, skeptical on the fact that that call right there and then the Rams game, I would say the refs helped us out in both games so far. And I mean, I don't want to admit it. Nobody wants to be like, yeah, the refs help us win that game. But those 
calls like right there help us win games. And not to mention the sloppiness on offense too with that random fumble on the fourth quarter where if we turn that ball over, we lose that game almost 100%. Yeah. I do not see us winning that game. There's about yeah. four minutes left. And they I don't honestly even probably the should have like scooped and scored. Yeah. It was a weird play. If you guys didn't see it, basically Tannehill snapped the ball. It was a snap. It was, he was under the center, snapped it. And then I think Ferk was supposed to be like a handoff. I don't even know. Everybody was going left and the Ferk was coming across. And then AJ was going out for a route. And then randomly the ball bounces out like six yards in front of the line of scrimmage and AJ is crawling on the ground <laughs> and grabs it. And it was just like, what just happened? And we got a first down <laughs> off of it. So it was we, bizarre. Yeah. Our luck's going to run out. With some and we of were stuff. on our own like 30. So that would have been, we oh. were only up two still at that point. Disastrous. No, we were up a little bit more than that. but it, Our luck is going to start to run out. We're going to have a game where the balls are not bouncing our way. Yeah. And... You know, eight and two feels really, really good, but I think we're sitting here this morning on Tuesday thinking, you know, if we're going to look like this and we don't have Derek and we don't have Julio, I'm not sure how far we're going to go in the playoffs without some cleaner operations on fo- you know, on offense. And, and I know the players would say we're never going to apologize for a win. I think they actually did come out and say that all in the press conferences. And, you know, Tannehill was like, it's ugly, but I'll take it. Yes, agreed. It is ugly. You'll take it, especially against that team. But, like, all right, we're playing Houston this week. And then we go to New England, which is looming large and is going to be a scary game. They've I been think. crushing it. Yeah. In defense and offense, if both we, sides of the ball. If we come out and look like that, I think New England beats us by 10 points. Um, Maybe more. I'm scared of more. But we've got some games here where they can start to figure some things out again. Um, we're in the grind of the NFL season. We lost our best player. We lost one of the best receivers of all time for a few weeks. So you know, I give the offense a little bit of slack. But I mean, we, we're gonna have to. We got to go back to the drawing board, right? We got to get right against the Texans. I really believe that. We got to use this as a get right game. Yeah. Uh, so far, I mean, Todd Downing, even with the weapons we've had, has never fully impressed me this season. I mean, I I wouldn't go that far. Okay. He's impressed me, but, but I see what you're saying. You, I felt like during the Saints game, it, the game plan was run the ball, get one yard, run the ball again, and let's try and get a first down with either between third and five and third and eight. And it was just like, what? He Why? impressed me against the Chiefs. He impressed me terrible against the Bills. Yeah, I mean, I I have I've been impressed. I mean, Todd Downing drew up some plays yesterday where you could just tell, oh, that was 100%, 100% scheme. Like scheming Marcus Johnson open with a little pick play with a tight end. I, you know, there's there's some thing I, I'm, I'm not – I don't think Todd Downing is the problem. I think some of the execution, I think some of the chemistry without Derek is more the problem. And I think we just got to acknowledge Saints are really, really good at defense. That Demario Davis is one of the best, is if not, you know, the best linebacker in the NFL. Cam Jordan – is one of the best defensive defensive linemen in the NFL. Marcus Davenport made us look, no matter who we played against at defensive end, he was whooping us, everybody. Um, and then they got some really, you know, Malcolm Jenkins is a really, he's been an all-pro before, a really good, savvy safety. And they just got really good players all over the place. So, you know, I'm not, I, I think looking, I, I think not to make too big a deal of this game, 
would be wise, but but I'm with you. I'm nervous. We got to get them, we got to get some things right against the Texans. A much less impressive defense. Yeah, I mean, if you just look at the numbers alone, I mean, I think our run offense in the last two games has been 150 yards or 140 or something like that with Tannehill running the ball and Foreman and Peterson and McNichols, all of them running the ball, and then I don't know what our passing yards is the last two games, but it's got to be. Less than 400, probably or right at 400. Yeah, yeah. Tannehill, uh, 193 passing, had 193 yards passing. Which, again, two great Sunday. defenses, but you'd like to see a little bit more progression because these are teams we're going to have to play against. In, right. I mean, not necessarily them, but teams like them in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. And I think we're just got to the we're getting to the point now where we're thinking, okay, we're looking at around at the rest of the teams in the AFC, and we're the first place team in the AFC. So yeah. we got we got to give ourselves you know ten games in. Eight and two, best record in the NFL, tied with the Cardinals and tied with the Packers. Packers, yeah. Uh, the Rams just lost some Monday Night Football last night to go seven and three. People on we Twitter broke saying we broke the Rams. Uh, so like we broke the Chiefs. Like yeah. we broke the Bills. Yeah, a after we played bit. the Bills, they they had a really bad game against the Dolphins and then lost to the Jags. But then we helped the Jets. They broke us. No, yeah. just kidding. They didn't break us. The Jets tried, but. We bounce back. Baby. We bounce back. Um, yeah, so we're looking around at the AFC, right? You get the Ravens, you get the Bills, the Patriots are coming on really, really strong, and I, I think where we're at this morning is we're really excited to be eight and two. And as Titans fans, if you paid any attention to national media yesterday, you know we're not getting any credit for anybody. Nobody's going to give the Titans credit. So we, you know. We're, we as Titans fans, we're going to give the Titans credit because we love the Titans and we're biased, but also because I believe in the team and the resiliency and I believe in the coach. You know, Mike Vrabel's putting together a coach of the year resume right now and people are starting to talk about it. We told you on this show when Derek Henry went down, if the Titans start winning without Derek, watch for some coach of the year conversation to start to take place and you're seeing it happen right now. You know, Cliff Kingsbury, Bill Belichick, Mike Vrabel. That's the short list for Coach of the Year. We'll see how it continues to play out. Um, but keep your eye on that. So, um, but back to my point. Yeah, what we're getting to is, you know, you look around the rest of the teams in the NFL and you're starting to think, how do we stack up in a playoff match? How do we stack up in January? And I think it's safe to say, without Derek, I'm not sure, and without Julio, I'm not sure how far we're going. Do you want to give your Derrick Henry update? Yes. So we're going to do the first uh, official Nashville media Derrick Henry watch. We're going to do it every Tuesday. Primetime Derrick Henry watch. That's right. So you listeners, you get the uh, you get the updates. Uh, any updates on Derrick Henry that we've got, you get them. Right now, there are no updates. <laughs> but <laughs> Except that he had surgery, which I don't even know if we've updated them on that. Yeah, we'd updated. Well, well, apparently. Yeah, surgery went well. Um, but here's the here's the Derrick Henry watch. As of this morning, he's two weeks out of surgery. So two weeks ago on Tuesday, he went into surgery. Surgery surgery went well. Safe to assume he's probably still in a walking boot or on crutches or on a scooter or whatever they do now in the NFL to keep weight off of uh, off that foot. But a couple of key dates. So he's two weeks out of surgery today. Today's two weeks. Six weeks. The injury is billed as a six to ten week recovery period. Okay, so 
Six weeks from sur- the date of surgery is December 14th, and the next game will be the Steelers. Okay. Eight weeks. And what week would the Steelers be? Would that be week, uh, let's see, week 13? I think it is. Or week 14? Week. Look that up. Look that up, and then we'll then recap it after this. So six weeks from the date of surgery is December 14th. The next game would be the Steelers. Week 15. Okay, week 15. Eight weeks from surgery would be December 28th, and the next game would be the Dolphins. So that's week 17. Ten weeks from date of surgery, January 11th. That's the long end of the projected recovery timetable, January 11th. The next game will be wild card weekend, okay? So then 11 weeks is January 18th, and the next game will be the divisional round. So we are doing a little little uh, you know, predicting and just thinking about best-case scenario. Obviously, I think we're all in agreement. The best-case scenario here is the Titans get the number one seed and get the bye in the wild card game. Hopefully, you know, Derek being a fast healer, attacking his rehab, kind of coming back, defeating the odds. I think we all are kind of expecting that from Derek to uh, to kind of be that that otherworldly human being like we all know he is. If he comes back maybe week 18, which would be nine weeks, just plays 10 snaps, gets some legs under him, if he's healthy enough to do it, if his foot feels good enough to do it, and then he gets another – if he gets a rest for the next week – and then plays in the divisional game. Mm-hmm. But you got to eye that divisional game. January 18th is like, okay, we really want to see Derek back for that January 18th game. And hopefully, you know, that's the big thing. Is he going to look the same or not? But um, you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I kind of mentioned it, I think, in a previous episode where Derek Henry, of all people, I would imagine him to be on the shorter end of the spectrum on like healing a lot faster than most human beings yeah so i would not be surprised to see him maybe be active or something for that steelers game week 15 or you hear about him at practice or something like that around that time frame um again i don't know when he'll play i i would like to see i would like to hope that the last two games of the season at least that he'll be playing maybe not 100 percent, but like get him 40 percent of snaps and get him out there get him moving which would be huge because our run game isn't good, so Derrick Henry, I can't even imagine how hype it would be to see Derrick Henry come out in the divisional game full strength yeah. and just puts the team on his back, wins, and we go to the Super Bowl. Right. Whatever. And we win. We or we win go the the, we'd go to the AFC Championship and then Super Bowl. Well, I, I skipped ahead. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> just, I'm just imagining Super Bowl, Derrick Henry holding it up right now, It's and it's beautiful. Um. Yeah, so again, with the AFC standings, we are sitting pretty well. Kind of our biggest competition was the Ravens, who just lost to the Dolphins. And it, yeah. again, they kind of had a Saints game a little bit, but they lost. They were on the other end. Yeah, because we have the head-to-head tiebreaker over the Bills. Yeah, so we have a two-game lead on the Ravens, who is one of our biggest threats, I guess. We have a game and a half on the Bills. I think we have... I don't know what the tiebreaker is on the Ravens, but technically I think we have a game and a half over both the Bills and the Ravens. Cause we have a two games. I think we have the tiebreaker on the Ravens. Okay. So uh, I think we have they're both six the and three, and we're eight and two. Yeah. And, and then, they've both had a bye, and we have not had a bye. So I don't even know if, again, in the, the AFC South, Colts don't have a chance to win the AFC South. We basically would have to lose almost every single game. 
Yeah. And if the Colts, so we, if the Colts lose to the Bills and we beat the Texans, then we have the p- potential. If we beat the Patriots next the next week, and the Colts lose, then we clinch the AFC South. Yeah, it's it's essentially ours for the taking. We, it's basically ours. Um, I don't even know who else is our biggest threat to take over the AFC number one seed right now. The Chiefs are starting to get their groove, so but they have a lot to overcome. We also have the tiebreaker on them. Again, we have tiebreakers over all these teams mm-hmm. that. It would take a lot for us not to be in the number one seed, but it's definitely possible. Yeah, it's it's shaping up to be pretty good. To date, the Titans have the second hardest schedule in the NFL. We had the hardest schedule in the NFL before we played the Saints, but the Saints actually passed us oh, no. by playing us. <laughs> so, um, you know, at, before the Saints game, we had had the hardest schedule in the NFL so far. Now we have the second hardest schedule in the NFL, and it's just barely the second hardest. And we're eight and two, best record in the NFL with the second hardest schedule in the NFL. Yeah, that is so impressive. And now we have the easiest remaining schedule in the NFL. Like we said, pretty much it's the Patriots, the Steelers, the Niners looked really, really good last night. The Steelers looked terrible yesterday. Last the Dolphins week. are a roller coaster. You never know. You never know with the Dolphins, and you never know with any team in the NFL. Like as we saw with the Jets, <laughs> we can lose to anyone <laughs> if we're not showing up and we don't play well. Um. But we'll get you a Texans preview coming up later this week. But it, it's it's a big game simply in the fact that it, you, you cannot look bad. I don't think we can look bad this week. Obviously, you'll take whatever you can get with a win without Derek, without Julio. So, But I, don't, I think we need to win this game by two touchdowns. I really do. And I think it's got to be with the offense. I, or, I mean, I'd like to see it with the offense. Right. I'd like I to mean, see 30 points. Yeah, I, was, I mean, the defense we know can step their game up. We know they can be elite no matter who they're playing. Yeah. We know that they have it in them. Yeah. The offense has yet to show that they can be elite, honestly. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The only game that they've really shown out on against a good defense was the Bills, right? The Bills and, and the Chiefs. I mean, the, the first half of the Chiefs. But the Chiefs' defense is horrible. So it's yeah, not but, even, you know. And they were on a losing, they didn't look very good. So I'm trying to think of a game where our offense was like, wow, they really stepped up. Maybe the Seahawks second half. I mean, what about Colts in Indianapolis? Colts, yeah. I mean, Derek was hurt, so he didn't look, you know, super great. Um, I mean, they look good against the Jags. I mean, there's there's been a few games and a few moments where they look good. Yeah, but part of the Seahawks game. But I mean, they've had a lot of bad so far. Yeah. Honestly, it's just been up and down. It's been inconsistent. But you know what? But they haven't been horrible, and they've for the most right. part held on to the ball. But Derek I think Henry the, I is think still getting is, sacked consistently. Not, last year we were number two offense in the NFL. Yeah, we're not that. We can get there still, but not there yet. Um, Who would have thought going into the season that we would have one of the best defenses in the league, right? And a pretty subpar offense, right? Not me. Not me. <laughs> not this guy. <laughs> um. So, anyway, great to win. Always great to win in the NFL. It's hard to win in the NFL, man. It really is. Yeah. Like, we can't forget that. We can't – As if there's any team in the league that should not take this for granted, it's us. Like, any win on a Sunday is a good feeling. You're happy to take it. Who cares what everybody else says? Who cares if Keyshawn Johnson comes on ESPN and says we're not a real 8-2 team? You know what, Keyshawn Johnson? You can frick off because we don't care. Keyshawn, this Johnson. That's right. Like, we don't care what you say 
That's not what we're about. Would it be nice to get some credit from the national media? Absolutely. <laughs> but you know what? We've been doing this long enough. We've been fans of this team long enough, and we know that it just doesn't happen. We could be 10-0 and right now, and somebody would be saying, oh, you know, the Titans, come playoff time, I don't think they're going to do it. I think the 6-3 and three Bills are going to beat you. So it's just until unless you have a top five, top ten quarterback. No, not even top ten because we have a top ten quarterback. Unless you have a top five quarterback, nobody believes in you. That's true. And so you know what, Titans fans, we got to stop. We got to stop watching the national media shows and and hoping that somebody's going to give us credit because they're not going to. Not until we win at all. They're not going to. That is Robert Brown's national media highlight of the week. He loves to highlight the national media every week. Um, I think that's about all we got for this episode. Yeah, yeah. A grinded out, ugly win. And you know what? This podcast, sometimes we grind it out. Sometimes it's ugly. Sometimes it's not beautiful. Sometimes we only got two of three, right? Sometimes we're down. We're not full strength like the but Titans. But we always win. That's right. We got to win every week. We got to come lunch pail hard hat bring it to work and we got to win every week so that's what we're doing for you today on this tuesday morning we're grinding it out and don't forget it's prime time celebration week titans got a big win against the saints and uh we're eight and two let's not forget about it let's go baby victory tuesday victory tuesday you it's guys in have full a great swing. week we'll see you guys on friday later